Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, really exciting today. We have got um, Justin Nickerson, um, a auctioneer in Brisbane, um, a very, very good auctioneer. And we've uh, been up with talking to Justin, I guess, and uh, doing auctions with him for a while. So welcome, um, Justin and Melinda and I having a bit of a chat today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, look, Justin's um, not just an ordinary auctioneer. Um, from Apollo Auctions, he's been formally recognised as the leading auctioneer across Australasia. So um, I feel like we're in the company of um, royalty almost with all of the awards that I know you have uh, received over the years, Justin. So we are very appreciative that you've given up your time today to come and have a chat to us. I know that you are out every Saturday as we are. We often bump into each other at auctions. Um, So really today is just about getting an understanding from your perspective in terms of what we're seeing and understanding from your perspective in terms of what we're seeing out on the ground across Brisbane, just to help some of our listeners understand, you know, what's going on in that auction space and, you know, how... Um, they can potentially position themselves to ensure they they're ready to to bid at auction. So, so Justin, just a bit of an overview. What what are you seeing out? We're, we're obviously out and about as as you do see us pop up occasionally. Um, but um, when you're out and about and you're doing your auctions, got a lot lot more than we are. What are you seeing in numbers of people's? Uh, sorry, numbers of people out and about and the amount of properties and the clearance rates. Can you give us a bit of an overview? Yeah, uh, it's been a it's been a really amazing year, really on a lot of fronts. I think um, anyone who forecasted this last year is is a genius. It's been uh, in terms of volume, it's been an incredible year um, for auctions, and it's been funny because most of the agents we talk to say that they're pretty light on listings. Yet the percentage of properties going to auction has really kind of exploded, kind of exploded uh, in southeast Queensland, um, which has led to a, a lot of auctions happening. And then the clearance rate, which, you know, in normality in Southeast Queensland, it's sort of mid 40s to mid 50s percent. Uh, we haven't been below 70 percent this year. And, and in fact, we've had a number of weeks that have been north of 80 percent. So it's just been this kind of amazing um, explosion of not only numbers of auctions, but also clearance rate, average number of registered bidders, which is held at sort of six for the last really two months. Um, it's been a really enjoyable year as, as an auctioneer. And, um, and it's been a different one to what we've experienced probably the last eight or nine, to be honest. Yeah, you mentioned there you've had an average number of um, bidders or registered bidders trending around six per auction for the last few months. Typically, what would it have been in um, the market conditions prior to current times? Yeah, it was anything from sort of high ones to high twos. So anything from sort of 1.7, 1.8 to, to 2.6, 2.7 was, again, normality. Uh, if we had a poor week, it was it was low ones, um, but it's just again it's just been this depth to this market that's really kind of kicked off out of nowhere and, and it's really held firm all the way throughout 2021, even with the challenges we've endured with you know various lockdowns and and interstate um, buyer challenges as well. It's it's sort of held firm all the way throughout. I think that's a really interesting trend because I think that correlates um, well with what we've consistently said on the podcast, just the buyer depth in Brisbane is significantly higher at the moment than it has traditionally been. And for every property, um, you're obviously seeing the number of registered bidders. We're seeing also those number of buyers that are putting forward offers 
on properties that are not for sale by auction under multiple offer and it's consistently much higher at the moment and love to I'm a numbers nerd so I love to get those numbers and see those trends so that's actually suggesting it's two to threefold um, higher than what would be considered a normal market yeah of kind of the perfect storm in that you've had people having an increased focus on the living environment, bearing in mind that you're spending a lot more time in your home than you ever have at any point in time. Uh, we've got interstate migration to, to Queensland. Why wouldn't you want to live in Queensland? You know, we've come this far relatively well through COVID. Uh, we've got an unbelievable climate. We're affordable. So people jumping on the opportunity to migrate to Queensland. Um, you've got interest rates that are incredibly favourable, a rental squeeze, pushing people out of the rental market into the purchasing market. And then the overseas expats, you know, in droves coming back home, either moving back into properties and pushing people out into the market or buying properties themselves. All of that has combined into low listing numbers, which has created this, you know, this um, this perfect environment if you're a seller for, for the last six or seven months. I'm glad you touched on the uh, the climate, the uh, the weather and, and the... Uh the uh, livability side of things up here in Queensland. I have a little bit of a thing on the podcast, uh, Justin, where I give people the weather update every week, which um, I, every week, which um, I've had listeners actually write in and, and say they enjoy to hear it. And I do do a bit of a tease that we're in the middle of winter and we're sitting in the 20s with blue skies. So no, no wonder people live here and um, why people are actually wanting to move up here. So I wanted to throw that in anyway. <laughs> yes, and I think, it's, I think it's a really good point. I think, um, you know, we've kind of been this hidden place for so long and I think it's really COVID sort of brought it to the, to the front about how good our climate is and lifestyle up here. And, uh, you know, I went for a walk this morning at dawn with, um, with the puppers I usually do and, you know, you're wearing a light hoodie and shorts you know, in, in really the, the middle of winter, yeah. um, it's just unbelievable. And, uh, and look, I'm a proud and passionate Queenslander and I'll, I'll uh, defend it to the hilt, but I just think it's been so undervalued, that lifestyle element for so long um, that, you know, it's it only a matter of time before people started to wake up to themselves. Yeah, I think it's definitely caused a shift in some, um, you know, consumer behaviour and certainly in lifestyles off the back of COVID. People have really, have really tried to get a better understanding of what they want um, and lifestyle is definitely something that's come up consistently as a priority for, for most. Now, now you mentioned, um, Justin, about um, good time to be an auctioneer, obviously, because you, you're quite busy and you've had a, had a very busy year. Auctions were never really the trend, I don't think, years gone by in Brisbane compared to Sydney and Melbourne. It seems that that's changing. Is it becoming more the flavour, you think, and people are wanting to, to move into that auction side of things? Yeah, I think for the first time, our auctions here in southeast Queensland have have represented what people think of when they think of auctions, which is a lot of registered bidders, strong competitive bidding. It sells, you knock it down, everyone applauds at the end. You know, for the first time, that's become normality here, whereas that was only happening 30 to 40% of the time previously. Um, so now when people, what people think of when they think of auction is that you need all those environments to make a good auction. And for the first time we've had those ingredients. So people have naturally gravitated towards, uh, um, that method of sale. And I think it becomes self populating too, is that the more good properties that go to auction, the more good results get had, the more people see those good results means the more good properties go to auction. And that wheel kind of keeps spinning over and over. And that's where inner city Sydney and, and inner city Melbourne have just um, been auction capitals for a decade in that their market's been so strong that irrespective of what method of sale they chose, they're all going to sell. So therefore, whatever method of sale is primarily produced, that's what people see. And particularly when it's auction and it's visible, that then feeds on itself that, hey, if you're selling a property in in, uh, in Sydney, you've got to just got to sell it via auction. 
And I think that started to happen for the first times here in, in really the premier suburbs in Brisbane and working its way out is now in that inner city ring. It's almost rare if you see a property in Paddington, New Farm, um, Tenerife, East Brisbane, uh, Barden that's not auction. It's almost the exception to the a New Farm, exception to the rule. Um, now it's mainstream that if you want to buy a property in those markets, you need bidding an auction on your behalf um, because that's going to be the reality of your life if you're trying to buy a property in those suburbs. So what do people need to do to be confident bidders at auction? I mean, you've touched on that. It's a question that I'd like to ask. I mean, when we know we often, you know, bid on behalf of others at auction and, you know, the starting gun goes off and you're asking for that opening bid, we often see buyers are reluctant to actually put forward an offer and we're always jumping in there to get something started. But, you know, how do you feel as an auctioneer when it's just silence after you've asked for that opening bid? Well, yeah, firstly, employer professional. This is not a paid, uh, not a paid promotion, but uh, employer professional is the first thing I'd say. If you're not, if you don't want to employ a professional, you've got to get as confident about it as you can. And even if you're not confident, you've got to act like you are confident. This has been a big change we've noticed this year. In previous years, most of the bidders would arrive at the strategy with what we call the wait and see, which is, hey, we're just going to wait and see what happens. The reality about a wait and see strategy is it's not a strategy. It's just a hope, wait and see what happens. The reality about a wait and see strategy is it's not a strategy, it's just a hope. Like if you employ that strategy, there's no outcome, but you can buy the property. There's none. So what what we're seeing now is people are actually investing time into building a strategy. And the number of times we've seen this year with a with a really high knockout bid designed to, to blow away competition is now becoming a very mainstream strategy. We had one a couple of weeks ago on a on a Wednesday night where there was 22 registered bidders. The opening bid came in miles above where we expected it to. And in the end, it was only three bids and it sold. Now, if they'd let that auction get momentum and get legs, you know, they would have been in for a much tougher fight than what they had. So I think it's it's getting comfortable around auctions. Um, when I turn up to an auction and a bidder comes up and says, I'm bidding at today's auction, and they say, it's my first auction I'm, I'm, I've ever seen. I'm very nervous. You think, it's just craziness. Like, you, what a way to add to an anxiety level. Not only are you doing it for the first time, you're also seeing it for the first time. Like, go out and watch a couple of auctions, get comfortable with it. Formulate a, um, it's a statistic that we use a lot, but 68% of the time the opening bidder buys the property because they're either the most confident or they act like they're the most confident. Um, and that's really important when it comes to intimidating your competition out of bidding. Yeah, so good point. So that's a great stat to quote, 68% of um, opening bidders end up buying the property. So um, if that's not enough to give you confidence to get the auction started, I don't know what is. But <coughs> You'd obviously well, you, you are you are a numbers nerd, so I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving your numbers. Thank you. You do know me well, Justin. <laughs> so you like seeing us turning up mate, to uh, to auctions? To use I, your nice I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I do. I, obviously, because there's a familiarity there, but also I know that you guys are going to have a go at it. And you know, I think that's that's the important thing. The fear holds so many people back from doing things. If you've got a strategy built around not bidding, you cannot buy the property. There's there's no outcome that ends with you owning this property at the end of the auction. So, you know, having a strategy that's that's so having a strategy that's that's so important and, and um, you know, it's nice to work very professional and we like to work with other professionals because we realise that even though we've got differences in what we want, which is I want it to sell for as much as I can, you want to try and buy it for as cheaply as possible, the commonality is we both want it to sell. And that's that's important that we both work towards a strategy that hopefully can deliver the outcomes for both of us. Yeah, it's quite interesting when you touch on that, the starting gun going off and, and it just goes silent. I, I actually don't understand it. Um, you know, you turn up to an auction and even if we're not bidding, sometimes we'll just go and watch, as you know. 
um, just to see who's there and who's who's bidding on properties. Um, but you know, people are there to buy it, and yet they sit and wait and wait. And I'm like, if you're there to buy it, just just put your hand up and show. Look, I'm here to have a go, and you give it your best shot. Um, just sitting quiet, yeah. it's definitely not going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. People, yeah, I was going to say that people go through the property three times. They do a valuation. They do a building and pest. You know, and they do a building and pest. You know, and then they think the best way to do it is is in activity and um and even to the point where sometimes they they turn up and and people registered just in case and it's like well what's the just in case scenario that like is it that, that someone walks up to you and says hey the owner's giving this property away today you know you can have a 50 grand like we have situations where we open it up and there's four registered bidders and none of them bid and you go and talk to them they said we're just registered just in case and it's like well what what's the just in case like no one's bidding like what more could you want to try and to try and secure it i actually have a i have a, a policy on this or something that i'd love to see come in i'd love to get your tax on it i think that you should have to pay a deposit prior to registering i think you should pay a a five thousand dollar deposit prior to registering to bid but obviously if you're not successful it gets refunded back to you but if you are successful it forms the first part of the larger deposit because i think that would really make people think really hard about whether they're registering form because the problem with people registering just in case is it changes our whole strategy if i walk into the sellers and i say hey we've got six registered bidders that changes the strategy where we're likely to kick the bidding off it also gets the seller very overexcited whereas there might only two of them that are actually there to buy the property the other four are registered just in case um, and all of a sudden it becomes you know a bit of a mess because you think you've got six you've only got two and it becomes much harder so i'm interested in what you guys think about that as a as a policy that's it's an interesting policy and I'd like to come back with another question before I answer that is and the question is you know we've seen this increase in the number of registered bidders recently from you know trends around 1.7 to 2.6 up to trends around eight registered bidders bidders per auction based on what you're saying are you suggesting that there's now more bidders that are those just in case bidders right now or has that always been the case uh, because whilst we've got this buyer depth is there more uncertainty in the people that are registering to bid and therefore they're going to bid and therefore they're not typically going to be um, creating more competition they're just there as you say just in case yeah, it's an interesting um, point because previously the active, we call the active bidding percentage, another one for the numbers nerd, active bidding percentage, which is the amount of bidders who actually participate in the auction. So if we have six bidders and three of them participate, the active bidding percentage is 50%. Um, 12 months ago, that active bidding percentage was, was in the um, early 50s. So effectively, half of your bidders would perform. It's funny, as the number of registered bidders has increased, that active bidding percentage actually hasn't changed much it still stayed around that 50%. Um, so we're sort of always having that fringe group, which is the kind of just in case group we call them. Then you have your core, your core group of buyers. Um, but sometimes too, it's not, not the fault of the buyers. Like that auction that I spoke about where we had 22 registered bidders and only two of them get to bid. That's not the fault of those other buyers. That's, that's smart strategy on behalf of that buyer. So you look, you look at that active bidding percentage at that auction, it was sub 5%. Uh, sorry, it was nine percent, but that's not the fault. That's only done out of strategy. So, again, I'm not. I'm not saying that people shouldn't register to bid at auctions. Absolutely, they should. But if you're registering to bid at auction, you should be arriving there with a with a plan to try and buy it, not hoping that the serendipitous events all manufacture a property that falls in your lap. Um, because it, in this market, it doesn't happen. Like it just doesn't happen in this market. That you're going to get beaten by someone who either has a plan or has employed a professional. 
Yeah, and it's an interesting point um, that you raise because, you know, personally, I don't see any issue with having to put forward a commitment, a financial commitment to show that you are a serious bidder. I mean, you mentioned that as an auctioneer and as an agent or a sales agent um, who you're working with, you would be setting a strategy based on those that register. Well, as professional buyers, agents and professional bidders, we're doing exactly the same. Mm -hmm. We want to know exactly how many other bidders have registered because if there are 20, huge demand, well, you need to wipe out um, the other bidders with a very aggressive bid up front. Otherwise, the auction does get momentum and it gets carried away, as you know. So, you know, everyone's basing strategy around the commitment of the other um, bidders. And you're right, if we don't know that they're serious and if they're there just in case, then it can actually, um, you know, impact the way you would otherwise potentially run an auction. Interesting. Yeah, I, I tend to agree as well. I think have the serious buyers there um, for a serious auction because it does it does play on everyone. Does it affect the vendor's expectations, do you think? Absolutely. Yep. If we go inside and we tell a seller they've got X amount of registered bidders, it can't help but get them overexcited. And even if you say to them, hey, three of them we haven't met before and you've got to, you don't put much faith in what they're going to do, they still think we've got nine people out there who really want to buy our home. And, and sometimes it might actually only be six and three that are there opportunistically. Um, you know, we had a bidder on the weekend register because they wanted to see what the registration process was like opportunistically. Um, you know, we had a bidder on the weekend register because they wanted to see what the registration process was like for the next auction they're going to bid at. Like, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I sort of, on, on one hand, I think good on you for experiencing and, and researching, that's great. But on the other hand, you've just, you know, you've just inflated ourselves' expectations by, you know, Putting a, putting a registration paper in there. So um, I just don't think there's any drawbacks to it. I, again, the states that don't have registration, like Victoria, I just cannot understand why you you would not have registration. Everyone wins with registration. The buyers win that they know they're competing against other genuine bidders. The sellers win in that they know that someone can they can pursue someone if they try and leave without buying the house and they've, they've made a commitment. And the agent wins so they, they can make a plan around how many registered bidders they have. So... Registration is a great step. I just think it should be a little bit more um, serious or, or taken a little bit more seriously prior, prior to auctions. You've talked about vendor expectations there and the way they can. Um, I'd love to explore how you see vendor expectations have been changing recently with the rapid price escalation that we've seen in Brisbane. I know, you know, we've spoken previously about how auction clearance rates are not always an indication of, you know, buyer sentiment, but, ten, but more so sellers' expectations. Um, can you help us understand what you're seeing in terms of vendor expectations in the current market? Yeah, and I think I'll start by saying I think the major barrier and threat to the auction clearance rate or success in the short term is sellers' expectations getting out of control, nothing else. Mm. Um, so we, we another statistic for you, um, we, we track what we call uh, percentage sell over reserve. So the, we've got the reserve price. Now, where ours is a little bit different is that if we've got a reserve of a million, and then in negotiations, the, the reserve gets adjusted down to, let's say, 900, and it sells at 900. That's what we call a mill. So it goes on the original state of reserve, not the adjusted reserve that happens in a lot of cases. So in, in March of this year, we were selling properties on average 8.8% above reserve. So we were clearing reserves on average by 8%, 8.8%. In normality, 12 months ago, we sat at neutral. So we sat basically at 0%, which means some we were selling just over, a lot we were selling underneath that had to be negotiated. 
in the month just gone, we're back to 1.2% above reserves. And I can say hand over heart, the buyer interest has not dropped off significantly. I'd argue it's come off slightly since March, but not in any significant step. What has changed are sellers getting overstimulated about the market. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because the media has been very, very aggressive in reporting the boom market. Um, it's been that every time they've, they've turned up to an auction, it's, it's sold and that feeds into it uh, and all the other reasons that they generally go into it. But sellers' expectations have been, um, it's been that every time they've, they've turned up to an auction, it's, it's sold and that feeds into it uh, and all the other reasons that they generally go into it. But sellers' expectations have been our biggest barrier that we've had to deal with in the last little while. Um, even to the point where you're, you're standing inside the people and saying, look, you know, we have, we have 10 registered bidders, you know, we're getting the best of the market and they're saying, well, no, that's, we're in a great market. We have, it has to be worth more than that. And you think, well, in whose eyes, like the only person that we're feeling short of expectations is you. And the only person who's talked the figure that's on our reserve is you, our buyers who are actively in this market, trying to buy property, missing out on other properties are clearly at a much different level. So yeah, but look, sellers' expectations always come into it. We always say there's two rules in real estate. Uh, the first rule is the sellers want too much from their property. The second rule is the buyers don't want to pay market value. <laughs> so um, the truth somewhere in between. Yeah, that's really, um, really good uh, point. Love your stats as well. And what that tells me, 8.8 percentage, what, what, was the percent, what was the measure? Yeah, so March we were selling on average 8.8% above original reserves. Above reserve. So yeah. from moving from 8.8% above original reserve in March to 1.2% above reserve now, that tells me that, you know, whilst the market in that time has shifted in the housing sector in Brisbane or upward of, I think, about 10%, um, the seller's expectations has shifted marginally higher again. So it's really outpacing the actual growth in the market. Interesting trend. And I wonder how long it will be before the expectations start to overtake the actual market or whether that actually starts to have alignment like it was 12 months ago. Now, you mentioned, um, Justin, about uh, people being prepared or organised, understanding auctions, watching auctions, things like that. Without giving all your tips away, and, and I've, I do see you have won quite a few awards, what makes what makes a good auctioneer? How do you, how do you make the crowd work and, and what are your, your tips that can actually make people comfortable or make them actually put their hand up and put that paddle up? Yeah, so I think there's two, we always say there's two characteristics to a, to a good auctioneer. One is they've got to be proficient with numbers. So you've, you've got to be able to add up and count. If you're losing bids or losing track of bids or needing to refer to someone else to tell you where the bid's at, that takes away your ability to, to um, you know, mix with your crowd. Um, the second thing, which is I think is the most important, well, they're equally important, is that you've got to be able to think on your feet. So the best auctioneers, I think, call a unique auction every time they do an auction because they're only reacting to what's going on in front of them and they're commentating as they go. And it, it's, it's sort of a, a very much a unique auction every single time. Auctioneers that maybe aren't quite at that level, you'll find they'll deliver the same auction every single time. So it's the same description, same intro, same things they say. Now, obviously, as auctioneers, we've got different lines that we like to use at various points. But I think the, the um, top tier or yeah, top tier auctioneers have got an ability to really, yeah, top tier auctioneers have got an ability to really just um, commentate on what they're seeing. The biggest shift I think in auctioneering in the last decade has been that the auctioneer used to be an authoritative figure. So the auctioneer used to be the person at the front, predominantly male, who had a big booming voice, intimidated the crowd. It was their way on the highway. Now the shift in the word that we use in all the auctioneer training we do is engagement. So your job is to engage the crowd. 
because the crowd will take on your energy. If you are relaxed and enjoying it, the crowd will be relaxed and enjoying it. If you're nervous and uptight, the crowd will become nervous and uptight. If you're agitated and aggressive, the crowd will become agitated and aggressive. So what we want to try and do is, is be as relaxed as possible, engage the crowd, because I always think, you know, the carrot or the stick, the best way to get people to do what you want them to do is to make them feel like you are there to help them rather than there to, to bully or intimidate them into a certain outcome. We see it all the time and um, you're very good at it, Justin, and, you know, there's other auctioneers that don't do it as much, but you're asking for the next bid and you're telling the bidders what amount to give them and most inexperienced bidders give you exactly what you ask for. Um, obviously, that keeps the auction moving forward, but it also allows you to control, you know, the speed of the auction as well and I know it's something that we always try to um vary I guess you could say and I'm sure you you know exactly what we mean but what mistakes do you see buyers making at auction and what tips can you give buyers obviously we've talked about being prepared and having a strategy are there any other tips that you can give the buyers that are looking to bid at auction yeah I think one that we see a lot is that bidders um bidders at the wrong time try and slow down the auction like they'll try and go with really low bids really early and I think I don't really understand it as a tactic because all it does is we, we've got a saying where we say that small bids just give others confidence to keep going. If you try and slow down the bidding too early, all it is, hey, we're running out of money. And if a bid is smart, they'll they'll take it away from you and they'll they'll make a big bid and, and, and knock you out. So, I, and this, this is going to sound self-serving because we want big bids, but I just think slowing down auctions and trying to go with ones too early, it, it, it just has no real purpose when you think about your purpose on the day and the way you buy the property for the best amount of money is to intimidate other bidders out of bidding and i think the way to intimidate bidders out of bidding is either bidding big jumps that takes them by surprise or bid really quickly because when you bid really quickly you actually put the pressure back on the other person all the time and they feel like they're constantly making decisions and also when you bid quickly it gives an impression that you're not concerned about money you know oh they've got endless money they just keep bidding keep bidding all the time so, you know, we find a lot that people, you know, try and slow down the auction, bid ones a long way out, or the other favourite, which is they ask it's on the market every second bid. You know, it's just, it's not a strategy that's helpful. You're trying to prove that you're maybe smarter than, that you're maybe smarter than the auctioneer, which you probably are, but it's not going to help you buy the property for any cheaper. You know, your job on the day is to beat the other bidders out of bidding, and that should be your focus. Nothing it's else. Funny, it's funny that. you say that. You do hear it a lot very early on, and someone says, oh, look, are you selling? Are you on the market? Um, I don't know. I know you and, and others. I think um, do come back sometimes with a bit of humour, which is always good for the crowd, just to keep them comfortable as well. Um, but it, it's something that people are really confused about that on the market thing that they keep asking um, during an auction as well. Do you have yeah. the property on the market, Justin? Not, not in Queensland. No, no. So in Queensland, the words on the market don't appear in legislation anywhere. So, and if I had my way, we'd we'd sort of do away with calling properties on the market because it almost feels like bidders think there's like a warm up auction, and then you say on the market, and the real auction starts. I think you you should be there and a strategy built around. And we have this we have this debate with buyers all the time. Buyers will come to you and say, "Well, we're not bidding until it comes on the market." Okay, so you're going to cost yourself buying this home because of a strategy that's around something that doesn't actually legally exist. Like, and they say, oh, we just wait for someone else to do it and then we'll jump in when it's on the market. And you say, well, if everyone has the same strategy as you, we might as well just pack our tent, go home and just do multiple offers. And buyers tell us all the time they hate multiple offers. So what do you want us to do? Like, 
if you want the seller, we say this to buyers, if you want the seller to understand the market, you have to play your part and show them the market. You can't expect everyone else to do the heavy lifting and then jump in at the 11th hour um, just because we say some magic words that encourage you in a bidding. That's, that's not how auctions work. So, um, but I understand, look, in New South Wales, it has, does have to be called on the market. So there's probably a hangover that. They've watched TV shows or they've watched auctions where it's happened. Therefore, they believe it has to happen. Um, but we've now said in our terms and conditions that we may or may not call it on the market um, because, you know, we don't want our buyers waiting, waiting for those words. We want them to be in there. And if they're the highest bidder, only good things happen. We either sell it to them or we negotiate with them first and foremost. Good things happen. We either sell it to them or we negotiate with them first and foremost. Yep. That's that's good advice. And I think that it is important for people to understand the legislation here in Queensland, because there are a lot of buyers from down south in other states that are not familiar with our legislation. And, um, you know, we often um, have to educate our clients also in terms of what, you know, is permissible either at auction or even just the contract process here in Queensland. Um, one thing I will say, I know you mentioned people need to bid in in strong increments. Um, obviously, you know, we're always about educating buyers. Only do that when you know the value of the property, of course, and when you know that your large bid is not going to mean that you have just overpaid and bid twenty or $30,000 more than anyone else in the room or, you know, in at the property might want to pay for that property. So there's my tip there. Um, understand when the smaller bids need to come in so that you're not going to overpay. Otherwise, it feels like, um, you know, if you've paid thirty dollars or $40,000 more, that could be quite disappointing because that's money that could stay in your pocket otherwise. And it makes it harder for the auctioneer because you have to count more as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree with that. I think it's where, where we're sort of referencing is like you know, all the recent sales are at a mil or 1.1 and it's clear that it's going to go there or above and we're at 750 and we're trying to go in 50s and someone said 751. There's just not a, you know, I don't know what they're hoping that you know, everyone else is going to just lose interest because they're bidding small and walk away. All it does is show that, hey, either we've got budget problems, in which case we're, we're susceptible to be blown away, or um, or you're there for a long, long time that particular morning. So, uh, look, I agree. I don't think necessarily it's, it's um, it should be employed all the time, but I definitely don't think that slowing it down miles out is a strategy that's going to work well for buyers either. Makes perfect sense. Um, final question that I'd like to ask you, Justin. Um, obviously, with lockdowns, pivots are being made every day, I feel. Um, and I know, you know, when the lockdown in Brisbane was announced on, we're in lockdown by 4pm on the same day. Obviously, that just creates chaos in the life of an auctioneer like yourself, I'm assuming. Um, can you help our listeners understand how you're pivoting and, you know, what some of the um, auctions are doing, you know, I guess transferring to online, etc. Yeah, I was saying to you guys before we started recording that last Saturday was probably the most stressful day of my life, I think, between running between auctions and then uh, trying to organise my life between it. Uh, very lucky we had a great administration team um, that managed to, to pull it all together. But really, it, it's just sort of pivoting across to an online format. Uh, we've got a, a system we use, a program called Auctions Live, and we do that in combination with Zoom. Uh, where bidders can either bid via an agent uh, on the telephone, or they can bid purely online and remotely. And and like we say to the uh, to the agents, that not much really changes. And buyers are funny; like they're actually giving us feedback to say they actually prefer that environment to buy in because rather than being on show at an auction, they're sitting in their lounge room in tracky dacks. Um, funny, like they're actually giving us feedback to say they actually prefer that environment to buy in because rather than being on show at an auction, they're sitting in their lounge room in tracky dacks. Um, having you know private conversations with their with their partner um, rather than feeling like they're they're under pressure and on show. So 
it's an interesting debate whether that is a better environment to get more money out of someone versus face-to-face competition, being able to see your, your thing. And you could probably never settle that debate because you know you can't ever run the same property with two different methods. But um, the functionality of why an auction still happens to deliver an unconditional contract to the sellers and try and increase, increase that transparency and face-to-face competition, they still exist. It just so happens that you know uh, we're in a, in a Zoom studio and doing it rather than uh, at a property. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Excellent. Well, look, mate, I think we've covered a lot there. Um, thank you very much for taking the time out to chat today. Um, interesting times ahead. Um, we, we obviously, if we don't get to some of your auctions, sometimes we do watch them uh, watch them live on the um, Apollo Auctions is is your your business. Um, so yeah, look, um, really appreciate it, Justin, having a chat to us, and we'll no doubt see you hopefully once we get out of all this and we can see you live at some auctions. So I'll let Melinda wrap it up. Thanks very much again, mate, and. Um, We'll talk soon. Thanks very much. Bye for now. Thanks, Thanks, Justin. It's been great having you. So we're going to um, just remind everybody once again that if you enjoy listening to our podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review. Um, Tell your friends and families about the podcast and I'm sure with some of the tips that you've learnt today um, from Justin Nicholson, you will be you know, well-equipped or better equipped to be bidding at auction here in Brisbane. Um, I hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and, of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.